You are listening to the Honey Badger Diaries, episode 16. My name is Anna Verwirdem. I'm interviewing Bitcoiners from around the world about their coronavirus situation. Why do I interview Bitcoiners about that? Because I find it interesting. My guest for this episode... Oh, my guest for this episode actually wasn't... Isn't really a Bitcoiner, I think. I may have cheated a little bit. Um, I, uh, I wanted to interview someone from Ecuador because... There were videos being shared on social media about Ecuadorian streets full of body bags, hospitals full of body bags, yeah, pretty gruesome videos, and um, it, it seems to be escalating in a bad way in Ecuador. That's uh, that's the gist of it. And I wanted to hear someone from Ecuador to hear what's true about that and, and what's going on. Uh, I have a friend here from the Netherlands, Paul Boutink. He uh, he's a bit of a Bitcoiner as well. He used to have a Bitcoin show on YouTube, and he lived in Ecuador for a while. So I asked him if he knew anyone there who would be interested to speak with me. Uh, he didn't at first, but he sent out a tweet, and then someone with the Twitter handle Otolux responded to it. Behind the handle is a person named Steven Effinger. He's a hive witness, actually. He also goes by the name Disregard Fiat. On hive, I think. Oh, hive is a fork of Steam, for those who don't know. Steam was taken over by Tron, and then I think the project was forked and named Hive. I, I don't know the details, to be honest. Steven isn't actually from Ecuador. He's from LA. But when he was getting the impression that shit was about to hit the fan with the coronavirus, he wanted to get out of the United States. So he went to Ecuador with the intention to go to a beach there where he knew some people. But instead, he was quarantined for two weeks and now he's in lockdown in Quito, the capital of Ecuador. Anyways, he explains this in the interview as well. I'm not sure why I keep summarizing the interview before the actual interview. Uh, you can just listen to the interview. So, I'll put on the interview for you to listen to. I, I'm, I have no idea what to say when these things. Should I even make intros? Feels It feels like I should make intros. Feels more real that way. Feels... Um, Feels like you guys need to be introduced to the interview before I just put it on. I, th I think I'll keep doing it. But it's getting... Am I, am I missing something? Is there something I should be mentioning in these intros which I don't? If there is, hit me up. The Honey Badger Diaries podcast at gmail.com Or at Aaron Van W on Twitter. Or at THB Diaries at Twitter. I want to know what I should be doing here. Please let me know if you know. Now you'll hear my intro tune and then the interview will start. These are the Honey Badger Diaries. The Honey Badger Diaries. Steven, welcome to the Honey Badger Diaries. Hi, it's nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for being on. Um, we've, we've never met. I don't know who you are. And I think most of my audience will also not know who you are. So maybe we should start with, uh, who are you? Introduce yourself. Um, Steven Ettinger. I am 
uh, just a developer on well, I was Steam now on Hive. Um, I get around a lot because I don't really have a house. I have a backpack and a electric unicycle, so I just travel around a lot. And uh, when I saw that everything was getting kind of like south, I was in like Southern California where rent was really expensive, and I was like, I'm just gonna be stuck inside anyway. I should just like leave. And oh, uh, when was this? Um, March eighth was when uh when I noticed. <laughs> um, when nothing was like. I left on March twelfth. So you noticed on the eighth that four days later you were you were out of the country. Uh, yes. <laughs> and now you are in Quito, in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. Why Quito? Um, my plan was initially to go to a, a little beach town here called Montanita. I have a lot of friends down here, and we're going to meet up, um, just hang out on the beach. But I didn't make it there because as soon as I landed here, they closed the border and put me in a two-week quarantine because I was coming from America. I was not expecting that to happen so fast. Interesting. So that was on the 14th of April. Uh, sorry, 14th of March. Uh, yeah, on the 13th of March. 13th. I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it landed so, and they... So they already had a... Okay, so t talk me through the story then about what has been going on in Ecuador. It's been in the news in the last couple of days. We'll get to that in a, in a minute. But you got there so about what is this, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, yeah. Then already you were put into quarantine for how long? Two weeks. Two weeks. So apparently everyone in Ecuador, everyone arriving in Ecuador goes into quarantine right now? Um, nobody's arriving in Ecuador. They closed all of their international borders on the 16th. So almost as soon as I got here, they were just like, no more. Uh, that's in or out. That's on airplanes or ships or anything. Right, interesting. Okay, so was it already escalating at that point or did they just take these measures very early on what has been happening in ecuador i think they were as suspicious as all of the other countries about what was actually happening and then at the same time as everybody else uh, i know ecuador was either the first or the first to announce that they were closing their borders down here um, so i thought they were taking it more seriously than everybody else and maybe it was because they they already knew what was happening or or had more information than the rest of us who knows who is were they the first latin american country to close the borders or, or mm -hmm. like yeah interesting and at that do you know how many like confirmed cases there were at that point or how many deaths or do you know that um when i was coming down here there were like 20 cases and and maybe one death maybe right. two right so they definitely closed the borders early then but it apparently didn't help because over the past couple of weeks, it has been escalating. Let me first ask what has been the measures in Ecuador itself? Has there been some kind of lockdown or what has been the policy there? Uh, yeah, initially the policy was they, they were closing all of the restaurants. You had to, they weren't letting anybody who was older than like 50 or something like operate in stores. So like, so they had, you had a family store. Yeah, they had an age limit. So if you had a family store, you had to be between 18 and it was like 50 or 60 just to work in the store. And if you didn't have anybody in those age range, your store is closed. Um, and then it just got more and more restrictive because, you know, they, they just had too many people doing things. Um, and it's, it's mostly because there's poor people who don't have a place to go and they all live together. Uh, a lot of people don't have running water either. So, like, it's impossible for them to stay in one place. Right, so the the rules were actually 
pretty strict, but people were just ignoring it. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, in, in Guayaquil especially, people were um, ignoring it more. And it's not like they had a choice in some manners. Yeah, exactly. Actually, what was... You were in you were in quarantine for two weeks. What did that look like? Was that just your own place or? Um, yeah, I'm just in an Airbnb here in Quito. Um, I have an entire building to myself. Um, in a pretty normally it's a pretty touristy place, but there is nobody around. It's just deserted. The whole city is. Uh, pretty much. Like you could, I could like go sunbathe on my roof and hear hear birds and stuff like it takes a while before you even hear a car go by so they had these step-by-step step-by-step restrictions starting with these age limits and getting stricter over time as the escalation didn't improve i get well was not only not improving but getting worse i assume right and what is um, what is the case right now what how strict is the lockdown at this point in time so our current or our lockdown goes from 2 p.m. until 5 in the morning. So if you have any business to do, you have to be doing at that time. Uh, restaurants are still operating for takeout. So like Uber Eats works. There's a few other like things like Uber Eats down here that work as well. Um, other than that, you can drive a car in your own city. Like you can't go between regions here at all, but you can drive your car it's like once every five days based on the last digit of your license plate. So it's, it's pretty strict. And you know, most people aren't doing anything outside other than going to the supermarket. Mm. And I saw some videos online of police going around shooting people, or I don't know what they were doing, but it, it seemed pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, uh, those were the, they have paintball guns, so they were uh, enforcing quarantine by shooting people with paintballs. Really? Literally paintballs? <laughs> Literally paintballs. There's, there were other videos where instead of, like, arresting people, they would, like, have them get down and, like, hit them or cane them or do anything else and then tell them to go home. Um, so how, that, that's probably a better idea than to put people together in prison, but it's just how, weird. Yeah, how are people responding to that? Because I, I saw this tweet and I saw some comments, which obviously is uh, not representative of anything. They were just free comments. But these were people sort of encouraging it and saying that was a good idea. Is that the general impression you're getting? Is that this is supported by people? Most of the people that I see in Quito are wearing face masks. They understand like that this is pretty serious. And I think they're encouraging, like especially these non-lethal kind of ways to get people to stay inside right do you know what kind of statistics so what are the current statistics as it comes to cases is usually not very reliable but maybe cases or hospitalizations deaths whatever you have um after all of these videos started appearing on twitter uh the government promised to be a lot more uh transparent so they put out the death certificates issued in guayas province for like January, February, and March, and then also for March of 2018, 19, and 2020. And it looks like no matter which metric you looked at, there is about 1,500 more people that died in the Guayas province just in March. And now they're having an extra like, you know, 500 people a day that are dying in different places. So mm -hmm. at home and at hospitals. 
yeah how many people are in that how many people are in ecuador like help me with the scale here how much so ecuador has um i think it's about 17 million people the guayas province probably has three million and it's the biggest city it's right on the coast um they normally have about 30 to 40 people a day die in right. guayas and, province. and now that's how much did you say and now they're having between like 150 to 500, depending on who sets the number. Right, that's yeah, that's a lot. Um, and then, okay, so let's get to these videos you mentioned. So there's been videos going over social media of rooms, hospitals full of body bags. I think I think it were hospitals. I I would assume full of body bags and streets full of body bags. That people, what's going on there? So normally like the death process here is like, if you die, uh, your family will announce the death and the people in the neighborhood can come by and verify that the body is who it is. Uh, you get a death certificate and then you take your uh, body with everybody else in a funeral procession to the cemetery and you bury your loved ones. But now those things aren't happening because it takes like a week to issue a death certificate. Um, there isn't anybody who has protective equipment to come by and pick up bodies. Um, they started issuing cardboard caskets because nobody else has like actual caskets. Um, so it's, it's just a, a scale issue that they have. And yeah. So, and what about, so people are being left on the street for, well, literally dead. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can only imagine that. I mean, what's that like? Have you seen this? Um, I haven't seen any of that here in Quito and it's, it's like that everywhere because, you know, if there's just like one person that dies in your town, even if it's exponential, your hospital is not going to notice one a day or two a day or four a day. But when it gets to like 30 to 60, then it starts to get an issue. So our numbers in Quito are going up and we're trying, and I know everybody else here is trying to like stay indoors and minimize contact as much as possible. But like, nobody here knows that it's going to stop because they all have seen this on social media. Why do you think this is happening to this extent in Ecuador specifically compared to other countries? Are they just ahead of the curve or is their hospital system usually very weak already or? Um, Ecuador kind of got hit with like this big economic shitstorm. Um, <laughs> it, like oil went down and that's their number one export. Of course, everybody else is doing their things. Uh, they don't have their own central bank, so they have US dollars. So when, when you know, the United States issues $2 trillion more into the economy, that devalues what Ecuador already has. So uh, they're fighting an uphill battle. All of their sovereign debt gets uh, downgraded. So like their bond status right now is like triple C minus or something. Um, so they're paying like 30 cents or 30% interest just to get some humanitarian funds in a lot of cases. Yeah, so, so there, go on. Um, so in addition to that, the reason uh, a lot of people here think WISE is getting much or hit much harder is because they had a, like their school break is at a different time. So a lot of them were on vacation to different places and are just returning from different places. And here in Quito, they just closed the schools down and nobody got to go on vacation. Uh, which means nobody was coming back from vacation either. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, Ecuador is running on the dollar, basically. 
don't they also have their own currency, their, their own cryptocurrency, basically, the national cryptocurrency? That was Ecuador, no? I, I don't think anything official has happened yet. I, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm down here, of course, is because I'm in cryptocurrency and I like getting into this kind of stuff. But as far as I know, no. Um, Ecuador is more or less a, a puppet state, kind of. Right. Just with the dollar. Ecuador was hit hard by the virus, and at the same time, they're hit hard economically. So this combination is causing this awful shitstorm, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is, do you think it's improving now? I did read that the, the, the president at least promised that they would clean up the, well, the bodies from the streets. And <laughs> is, is that happening? Right. Is there... Right. I, I've seen a lot less videos and a lot less complaining about bodies in the street, mostly because the military has been tasked with taking those away now. So they've been collecting those as they've been called in. Uh, and they have been giving out like really transparent statistics on like how many calls their 911 system has gotten in a month and stuff like that. So you, like they're being pretty honest about the scale. And it's pretty scary when you're like they had 7,500 calls to take away bodies, you know. You don't know how many of those those are duplicates, but that's how that's how much volume there was actually to answer, and that's just absurd. All right. Do you know what's what the plan is now? Is there a plan? Do you know if there's a strategy how to deal with the virus from now on? Um, I know most of their plan has been around how because initially when they went into lockdown, they said we're not doing any more funeral processions. Everybody's getting cremated. Uh, all bodies are having uh being cremated but they didn't have any, uh, nobody has the capacity to do this much uh, like bodies, you know? So it's getting better and um, it's kind of like New York City, you know? There's 500 people a a day dying in New York City, but you just don't get to see it. So it's just a lot more visceral here. Yeah, that's because they, they they don't know how to deal with the bodies. That's you would say that's the main difference, not so much the number of deaths. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, it does suck because there are a lot less ventilators and beds here. But at the same time, like a lot of these people in New York, they're saying like, don't even bring them in. So, how much different is the healthcare going to be? Yeah. What about the policy to deal with the virus itself, not not with the bodies, but are there you, so they're on a lockdown now. I think there's. So you mentioned full tra- travel restrictions, and mm-hmm. that's just gonna. Is there an exit plan? Is do you have any idea what the, they want to do next couple of weeks, months, years? They were supposed to um, come out of their initial lockdown on the fifth. They extended their lockdown until the end of April. Um, they have been setting up a lot of additional like beds and stuff in different places. So like soccer fields, certain schools, but. Um, most of those still don't have ventilators and stuff. So um, as far as treatment options, it kind of sucks. Right. Do you have any perspective on this? Do you think they're approaching this the right way or do you see anything, uh, any difference with how they're dealing with it in the States where you're from? Um, The States I think is kind of just a nice hodgepodge. I didn't want to be there because I know American has too many freedoms. <laughs> I didn't want to see how uh, those freedoms mixed with something like this, especially when not a lot of people are believing that's even happening. So, so what are, what, what's your concern there? Um, 
I didn't get to where I wanted to go, which is by the beach. So I was hoping just to get out of the city, living in Los Angeles and not being able to find toilet paper and stuff didn't appeal to me. Do you think shit is going to hit the fan in the States? Um, I, I mean, in some places it already has because like you're paying a lot more for, you know, a bag of rice or some like, or rent. Um, so I'm pretty happy not to be in the United States right now. That's actually the reason you got out is because you thought you'd rather not be in the States when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. uh, just cause yeah, I don't know. Like right now there's like the governor in California is doing a pretty good job. So I probably would have been pretty safe there, but it, it, there was no guarantee and there's no like national plan. So what you're, you actually prefer a stronger state approach then? Um, not usually. Usually I'm super libertarian. <laughs> I just don't trust people with uh, the absence of freedoms and especially don't trust governments with additional authority. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I was asking, like most people in this industry are libertarians, maybe especially uh, if they're from the States as well. Um, so I was wondering how you reconcile that for yourself. Yeah, that's uh, been a kind of a learning experience. One of the things also is like, I kind of want to have more empathy for like the direction I want to see society go. Cause of course, like everybody has to get there. We can't just start with people in America or, um, are you from the Netherlands? Yeah. Yeah. So when do you think you're going to be able to travel to this beach you wanted to go to? <laughs> um, my friends weren't even able to make it to the beach. They're still in Peru. Um, I'm not sure. My flight out of here was for April 29th. I don't think that'll be honored, but I'm not really in any hurry to get any particular place. So for now, you're just, you're locked up in Quito in an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. That's not the worst thing ever. I have internet. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Is there anything uh, else we should discuss before we make an end to this call? Um, no, I don't think so. It was nice talking to you though. Yeah, it was very interesting to hear uh, to hear this Ecuadorian perspective. So thanks for that, and good luck with uh, with your situation. I hope you make it to the beach eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it there eventually. Thanks. All right. Cheers. All right. Bye.